0: From Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting-edge technology, and the colored shavings. Welcome back to The Dairy Show, everyone. I'm your host, Katie Schmidt. And this week on the podcast, we are going to talk about fitting dairy cattle. And in order to do that, I've invited Matt Sloan of Lake Mills, Wisconsin, to the podcast, to uh, help us cover this topic. So welcome to The Dairy Show, Matt.
1: Uh, Good afternoon, Katie. Uh, Thanks for the opportunity to discuss fitting and grooming of dairy cows and the opportunity to share my knowledge and my experiences that have taken me around the world and my love for showing.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of that, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit, Matt? What is your background in agriculture? What are you up to today? Tell us a little bit about you.
1: Currently, like you've stated, I live in Lake Mills, Wisconsin, with my wife, Molly. We have two children, uh, Dane, who is five, and Claire, who is two and a half. Um, I'm a full-time hoof trimmer currently. I travel about an hour radius trimming anywhere from registered herds to large progressive dairies. I've done hoof trimming for about 12 years. And um, during that time, I still did some fitting off and on, some of the larger shows. But before hoof trimming, I was full-time on the road traveling all over and I've done that since really middle school I got quite involved and after high school I went right into fitting full time. And I grew up in southeast Minnesota on a small registered farm, milked about 40 cows when I was really young and then we expanded a little bit up to about 80, 90 cows in high school.
0: And what brought you to Wisconsin, Matt?
1: Uh, It was just, I think the fitting and the grooming is Kind of the dairy capital. There's a lot of work over here. Some connections I made early on seemed like it was a good place to kind of launch my what I wanted to do. And kind of around the Madison area, it's a good location to get in and out and travel wherever need be.
0: Yeah, I, I can relate as someone who also left Minnesota to move to Madison for cows. So, can you tell me, Matt, because I've always wondered, what does a fitting career look like? What do you do day in and day out when you fit full time?
1: Uh, full-time fitters, I would say, during the show seasons. Supposedly, you'd say from March, you got all the spring shows, and then a pocket in the summer, summer shows, and in the fall there's some more shows in October, November. Primarily during that season, you're just going to farms, whoever you're working with. You may arrive at the farm. A week or a few days before the show, help the employer or herdsman get the animals ready for the show, learn about the animals, organize tack, feed, help uh, line up some of the other help, get acquainted with them, and then move into the show and assist with feeding, washing, grooming, preparation of the animals, pretty much any aspect that the owners or the herds people would like. And then also as a full-time fitter, obviously there's not shows every single day everywhere so you do some other work such as picture work for different marketing avenues you a lot of sale opportunities you go for a week here and there and do a sale and it all depends like how involved you want to be if you want to travel a lot you can go basically anywhere you want and do what, any aspect of that you wish to do if you want to do shows full-time you could make a pretty steady job out of it. if you want to travel around the world
0: Where are some of the places that you've traveled to that are top of the list places you'd love to go back to again?
1: Um, I've been very blessed to travel a lot when I was younger. I've probably been to about 15 foreign countries and on top of Canada, Mexico and the U S probably one of my favorites would be Australia. Just the overall countryside is so beautiful. The people are great. Just a great landscape and experience there. I would suggest anyone that gets the opportunity also Go to South America, Brazil, Colombia are both very unique countries just to learn about their culture a little bit and their lifestyle. And their passion for the dairy industry even is a little different up here. How passionate those people really are and motivated, it's really something to behold and, and witness firsthand.
0: How do shows differ around the world from your perspective?
1: Well, I would say the biggest difference is... Um,
0: the atmosphere
1: of the shows vary from kind of continent to continent, as I mentioned you know, you know in South america there's a lot more passion and hoopla and celebration, and they really show it for themselves and put it all out there, and just they're quite passionate people in everything they do, and that's including showing cows. I would say Europe has a little more uh pomp and circumstance in the show ring, you know, with the lights and special effects and the smoke. It's something they kind of really thrive on and made it their marketing key. Uh, I'd say in Australia, probably one thing you can kind of segregate out there is the type of cows you're looking for, which is on all different continents, but especially down there, they really focus on longevity. Cows and get around very well because it's a grazing atmosphere and also uh, teat placement and length is become an issue in a lot of places where you can't set teats or even seal them for that fact. So that's something that varies a lot throughout the whole world.
0: I feel like our shows would look very different if um, sealing teats was not allowed, let alone doing anything else.
1: <laughs> Practices that we allow here yet to some limited extent. Probably not allowed in other parts of the world, which does change the atmosphere of the show and even different things that they try to breed for in different parts of the world that are more concentrated on that you notice too at the show level.
0: Sure. So throughout your years of traveling and fitting, Matt, who are some of the cows that you got to help prepare for the show ring?
1: I would say I've been very blessed. i work with a lot of great cows over the year and a lot of great people that have allowed me to do that. Some of the favorites, I'd say there's two that really come to mind and that really pop out that I hold very dear to my heart and really enjoyed working with and the first one would be uh rf goldwyn haley my opinion she's one of the greatest cows in my generation that i've seen at any level of showing just a true dairy cow just a magnificent cow once she got ready maybe a cow that was when you're standing on the pack during all week you maybe didn't admire to quite the level or participate how good she would really be but she was an individual on show day when she got ready ready and out on the move. Really presented herself on like any cow I've really seen just the way she prays around the ring and so much breed characteristic, femininity and great set of feet and legs. Another cow I would say that's quite impressive would be the Mystique Ayatollah Martha cow that the milk source bones Cow has won several championships over the year at all levels, supreme titles in the US and in Canada. And another cow that's just tremendous dairy cow, an incredible udder, so much width and power all the way through. And just another individual, when you get them all parading in the ring, that just kind of takes your breath away, Mm -hmm. all beautiful and how they present themselves and show themselves for that fact.
0: Does it look different getting cows like Haley or Martha ready than say, getting your son Dane's 4-H heifer ready for the local county fair?
1: You know, honestly, not so much. I think you go through the same process for the most part, and and in my opinion, those top-level cows at that level, it's almost easier, I think, because they are that good, and they almost know (laughs) they're that good. They almost get themselves ready. I've had the opportunity to have a lot of class winners at all levels, and there's just some cows on show day, they know it's show day, and it's their day, and they just Everything comes together sometimes, and I think those two cows, they did that a lot themselves at a lot of different levels for several years, which in my mind makes them that much more impressive.
0: Yeah, I appreciate those cows. That they, It's almost like they wake up on show day and they're like, mm, today's show day, I know what I have to do, and it's just complete focus from the cows too. It's really fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's like they're part human and know what's going on, and they read the playbook just go along with it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are fun cows to get ready. So Matt, who are some of the people that you've learned the most from over the years? Is there like someone that you looked to when you were starting out for advice and for tips and tricks?
1: When I was really, really young, getting going, I kind of came to the conclusion at one event that I really needed some help fine tuning my clipping skills and learning preparation of animals. So I made a few contacts, and uh, where I grew up, it wasn't that far from Raidencrest Farms or Nabholz Farms in the northern part of Iowa. And I would say both those parties had a great influence on me early on in my 4-H days, teaching me the ropes of things when I was really green about learning things, giving me the opportunity to come to their farm, just pay attention to some of the other fitters and employees that they had on site, working with cows and preparing them which really got my interest going even more and I would say is in the later years I spent a large amount of time with Bud John Farms, Tom and Kelly Call and uh, their partner Joe Keatsman there when they had the Elegance Futures running and I would say the three of them helped tremendously fine-tuning skills and just got to work with them on a whole new level and exposed me to more things and learned a lot more of the day-to-day things and what it takes start to finish how to get these show calls ready and those are both relationships of people that maintain these today and you have the opportunity if something comes up you can call them and they can help you on any grounds there are and there's been numerous other people I think I've been very fortunate that way that I've been well traveling exposed to a lot of great people and I believe people in this industry are willing to help. Most of the time, you just have to ask them some questions, and they're willing to share. There's lots of knowledge that can be passed around.
0: How do young people find those individuals to ask? Like, where do they start?
1: I think uh, young people, as you're starting getting involved in 4-H, junior activities, FFA, start showing around, you start to recognize some of the leadership within your own county or district, kind of lay a base there. And then just keep asking questions. That would be my biggest advice. Don't be afraid to go up to anyone at any show. I know a lot of these people maybe seem very intimidating or seem very busy in the moment. But I will guarantee that any of them will take the time once it's all said and done to help you out or give you a few pointers or tell you what you should do differently. And I think that's the biggest thing is just don't be afraid to ask questions to really anyone. Just reach out. And I think the majority of people in this industry are willing to help to any level.
0: When we think about the process of getting cows ready for the show ring, I'm reminded over and over again that this is not like a day of thing. It doesn't just happen. So when does the process start for getting cattle ready for the show ring in the process that you work through?
1: Um, I would say as a fitter, a lot of it would start earlier on. I mean, If you go to a spring show with a group of cows, you kind of figure out what animals you have for the year, which ones are going to be calving again, what. what's needs to happen as far as diet needs to keep them growing and maintaining condition and then uh just moving into the summer season things get a little more aggressive you start fine-tuning things um big thing is just keep bouncing ideas back and forth as a fitter with the owners or the herds people what you're seeing out around what else is going on what different ideas what they're doing with the livestock themselves um offer up any knowledge that you have that maybe they could tweak something. And I would say as far as getting ready for the big fall shows such as Expo itself, a lot of that I would say the work starts end of August. It starts to get pretty serious. And then once we get into September here, guys are going pretty full steam getting their ready. Um, just fine tuning their diets more, making sure they're in good condition, close body weights, um, good hoof health, health. Hair growth is a major thing at this level and making sure the animals are producing adequate levels of milk. The majority of the work, as stated, is done at home to get these animals ready before they take the big stage.
0: When we think about like, hair growth you mentioned and like hide health, what kind of things can people be doing to better those parts of the cow?
1: I would say it all varies on the animal and the situation and what climate you're in a little bit. For us in Wisconsin here, we're washing our animals twice a day. A lot of times just using a conditioner once t- on one of those washing and the other one's more of a rinse. Maybe only using soap you now every third or fourth day. Uh, that's a key thing. is just not to get them too dried out. Keep the moisture there. I just think uh, keeping the hair on end is important. Keeping them out of the sun, making sure the skin doesn't get too dry, and just... Routinely clipping them. I'd say we're clipping our animals probably every three weeks here with a thicker set of blades just to kind of keep the hair nice and crisp, which helps us the fall season starts and it cools off a bit. It really promotes hair growth.
0: So if we think about clipping closer to the show, when are you, what, what does the timeline look like for that or what's the process for that?
1: At the expo itself, I would say most of the animals are probably thick clip, they're a little bit of roughed out two to three weeks beforehand. So they got some nice regrowth come to show. Then I would say once they all kind of move in there, the first first day to the fir- third day, most of the animals I would say is the roughing out stage where they get clipped off. Uh, it's not a perfect clip, but you just get the hair off, see what they look like a bit, see what the hair condition is. And it just makes it easier for washing and makes it more presentable. Then I would say the final clipping is usually two days to a day before the show where you you fine tune all your hair and use a little bit thinner set of blades and make sure you you have them as close as you want until you do the top lines and prepare them on show day.
0: When you say rough cutting, what kind of blades is that? What does that mean?
1: it's usually just a little bit thicker set than what you would use on the final cut. Nowadays, most people are using quite thin blades on almost everything. So maybe you just rough them out with a 31 blade or an 84 blade, which is still a fairly thin cut, but yet yeah, leaves a little bit of hair for in three to four days. When you go over with your thin sets, you'll still get a pretty good cut on the hair and quality and a smooth finish to it.
0: Okay, let's talk about the style of fitting cattle then. So, what are the things that you, you just have to do? Like, what are the places you you leave hair? Where don't you? When don't you? Walk us through some of those details.
1: I guess, obviously, leaving hair is on the top line and the belly to to different levels. Our goal is to make the animal look as straight and angular across her top as possible. Then give her as much spring and depth of rib on her belly underneath as you would like as an ideal cow can have. So it all depends upon how much hair and the overall dimension and form of the animal. So those are the two big areas where you leave some hair. Um, Anymore, I feel like the Holsteins, for the most part, are clipped with a medium to a little bit thinner set of 84 blades, which is something that's really changed over the last 10 to 15 years, which I would say 10 years ago, you'd, you'd use a little bit thicker set, And 15 to 20 years ago, they were plucking stuff yet. Before my time, they were just brush clipping them, for that matter. Jerseys, it's almost clip them as tight as you can on all parts of their body except for that belly and top line. But uh, on those regions, you probably take them a little tighter just because of the different colorations in the hair, just to try to make it look more natural. And then uh, the head, neck, and lower legs—you'd clip even tighter, something equivalent to a thirty blade, or just a hair thicker than that.
0: So when we think about show day and cattle as they walk in the the ring. A lot of times, you're going to see like really short clipping on their ribs. Why and how is that done?
1: I would say it's a trend that's really taken off here in the last five, six years. Now, it's obviously to make them, the ribs show out more, so when they're oiled up, just look more dairy and more depth to the rib. Now, I think at the bigger shows, it becomes even more important when there's so many in a class and you got big rings and the judges are way off of them. Just makes those individuals stand out even more when in the background and the lighting of the whole situation. But it's something that really needs to be practiced, I think, it's come to a better place than it was maybe. I think before it was a bit aggressive and needed some fine-tuning of how it was done. But uh, I think it's headed in the right direction at this moment of clipping those ribs off properly and not making it quite so noticeable.
0: How is it done today?
1: Uh, for the most part, it's someone, you use a, a little tiny fine clipper with a 40 or 50 blade and you job. Um, You go and knock out the top teeth, so you're only clipping a very narrow strip. And um, you're either dragging it or pulling it down over the rib. So it's just finally clipping the skin over the rib area. And then once you go ahead and oil it all up, it even shows it off even more.
0: So if we switch from body of the cow and think about her top line, what is your process for getting that top line just right on show day?
1: I think the key is uh, first to have it as close as ideally clipped as possible before show day. Then obviously on show day, getting a proper washing, making sure that hair is as clean as can be and almost a little bit dried out. You wouldn't be using any conditioners or other special growth agents that close to the show. So when you go to blow up the hair on show day, that stands up as perpendicular as possible. And then just... um, just fine-tuning it as much as you can with your top, really tight top-line blades before you go ahead and set it and fine-tune it again with the blades. One issue that's kind of come up here in the more recent years is the lack of clear magic. So uh, there's lots of other sources people have been trying out. As seems like right now the trending is kind of different women hairspray. I don't know if there's any magic product that's worked best with clear magic, but we're going to have to find an alternative and i think we found some that come pretty close
0: are you willing to share your secrets what are some of those ones that come close for folks who are still looking for those options this fall
1: there's one called like the got to be glued hairspray works pretty good there's another aussie brand one uh, level three one that works real nice i mean for the most part most of the high-end women hairsprays Mm -hmm. do work pretty well if you just test them out at home a little bit figure out what temperature and heat setting on your dryer works the best but most of them are pretty reliable sources the biggest thing is just trying them out a little bit and playing with it a bit at home just so when you get to the show it's not your first time out trying it out
0: if we think about equipment that's in your show box what type of fitting equipment are you bringing with you
1: Uh, as a fitter the most thing is Clippers and blades is your key two things. I mean, you'd probably have between seven and 10 clippers, large animal clippers with different types of blades and different thicknesses of blades. Uh, A couple top line blowers, a bunch of brushes, a bunch of little blades for clipping tails and ears and udders on cows. Uh, Most guys have a chute of some sort, uh, a circuitier blower, and it really varies on a lot of guys have a, fitters. They may have a, everything that the exhibitor may need from a display and cage and fans and heat pans and water bowls. Or some guys just might just have their equipment equipment. Kind of depends how involved you are at the show.
0: Is there like a, a certain type of hair dryer you're supposed to use? A, a power? What what are you looking for when you look for one of those?
1: Um, the Biggest thing, I think it's the heat setting, how hot it can get without getting too hot. Uh, I would say there's one called uh, Speed Freak. It's kind of the main one a lot of guys are using. There's still the old Milano blowers out there that are pretty consistent, maybe not as quite as hot, but when you get big-haired animals mm-hmm. and into the cooler seasons, they do the job just fine. Uh, I think the big thing is just not getting it too hot and... You know, making sure something, you can get a fine tip on it, so when you go with your brush, you can concentrate that heat and really get it to stand up.
0: How do you know if you've gotten it too hot?
1: You'll notice right away, you'll start bending the hair a little bit when you look at it real closely. Start bending it forward or almost blowing it over versus trying to get it as perpendicular as possible. Especially on some of the heifers that got real nice, big hair. Generally, the larger-haired heifers have a little bit softer hair, too. And if you get too much of a heat setting, it'll start going everywhere.
0: I did not know that. Uh, so, Matt, what about hair products? What type of products do you use on show day right before a heifer is going in the ring?
1: Uh, generally, we go through and condition the skin with a Revive or some sort of conditioner product. There's numerous ones on the market. Then go ahead and blow her off, clean her off. Uh, Make sure the top is all cleaned out. Go through with a black magic or a black finisher. Get that top all cleaned up or the black spots on it. Painted black to cover up the hairsprays. Use ultra white or any really any type of spray paint that's white for any of the hocks and legs and brisket. One of the key things there is probably use something that's not too thick. So it leaves a bit of a coat on it. It's important to leave the animal looking as natural as can be, but yet you can use a little bit of paint to cover up a few blemishes. Then there's all kinds of, the options for oils are really limited. It seems like everyone has a different mix that they put together and every company wants to sell you something. So you can go through and use your mix of oils on the whole body of the animal, primarily on the black spots or You know, the other breeds, you can get more heavily used on the oils. And then on udders, as far as a lot of gels on the udder, just baby oil gels to really show off the mammary system and the veins. And then, you know, just typical fluffing of the tails, hit them with hairspray, uh, different fly sprays. Be key to remember also.
0: So you mentioned that the length of hair of like the body has changed over the years. We talked about how the rib clipping has become a, a trend these days. What are other trends that you're seeing start to appear now that you're watching that you're interested in and in how they'll affect the appearance of cattle in the show ring?
1: I think we're, as far as top lines of belly hair, I think the overall length in general's has gotten to be a lot less It looks more natural on the animals versus having a full inch and a half all the way across their back. You take it down to a certain level and most animals that are that good don't need that much hair. So I think that's something that's changed here in the last more recent time anyway.
0: As we're approaching World Dairy Expo, for kids who are competing in the fitting contest or who are gonna have a pair of clippers in their hands at Expo. What should they focus on?
1: I think just take your time just do a quality job and a lot of times less is more, as I'd say to this becoming a trend with taking the bellies a little tighter and the tops a little tighter also. I think as a young fitter that's maybe not completely fine-tuned all your skills. If you do just a little bit, of leave a little bit shorter top line and belly hair, it looks more natural and it's easier con- to control. And it goes that, to that extent also with your sprays and paints. Some people may get a little carried away with the black paints and painting legs nonstop. And it just takes the quality away from them and draws attention to areas that aren't necessary. And as a fitter, your goal is to get that animal to look as natural and ideal as possible.
0: I like it. Well, that's a perfect spot to kind of put this all together, Matt. And, you know, thank you for walking through some fitting tips and tricks and and what you've experienced as a full-time fitter throughout your career. Uh, this has been really fun for me. So hopefully you feel the same. And yeah, thank you for for joining.
1: Yeah, no problem at all. Yeah. It's a privilege to share some knowledge with me. And if anyone ever has any questions, don't be afraid to ask. Or if you see me at the World Dare Expo... Hit me up with any questions or advice that you're seeking.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at wdexpo.com. We would love to hear from you.